Hey, dude. Uh, what's up, bro? It's, it's, sorry, I just got shit on by my, by my kid. Oh. Do you want me to call back later? No, just... Uh, this is your life now, you, so... Yeah, well, he just keeps... It's like a thing where he, he keeps on doing it, so it feels malicious. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Uh, no, that sounds like um, a unique... Uh, problem. <laughs> Can you? Is there any kind of advice that you could give me right now? Uh, yeah, lots of spankings, lots, of <laughs> <laughs> lots of, <laughs> lots of physical discipline. <laughs> yeah, lots of infant spankings. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. well, thanks, Dad. This season of good is sponsored by Kessler Crane, manufacturers of innovative tools for filmmakers. Make sure to check out KesslerCrane.com. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E.com for more info. This season of good is also sponsored by Musicbed. Musicbed has been changing the game when it comes to music licensing for filmmakers through curating the best indie music in the world. We personally use them all the time, so make sure you do too. For more info, check out Musicbed.com. Now here's the show. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is Good. Well, here we are. This Recording an intro. This is, this is it. This is the intro. So what's new? Jared, if, I feel like it's been ages. Hmm. Yeah. You've had a baby. Yes. I've been on vacation. Yes. Where'd you go on vacation? Seattle. Seattle, Washington. Did you, um, did you get to do anything cool? Yeah. Yeah. Went a lot of places, saw a lot of things, saw, uh, saw my new niece. Ooh. Susanna. <laughs> so that was good. I don't know why I said ooh like that. Ooh. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's kind of messed up. So. Yeah. That's stupid. Um... I'm glad you had fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was relaxing without kids while you were doing the opposite. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, going great. Yeah. I think I got, I think I kind of. You figured it out, uh, huh? No, I the just got thing. lucky. Yeah. I think I got lucky in the sense that he <clears throat> seems to be doing everything the opposite of what everybody told me. That's great. A baby would be doing. So. Yeah. I don't know how long that will last, but it seems to be, uh, pretty dang easy right now well there you go what <laughs> what what changes though is like all the parental support uh right. i guess you live pretty close to your family and stuff so maybe yeah. that won't change as much but like um yeah like all the troops that are kind of like there at the beginning start to like slowly disappear and then like the the reality yeah. of oh like um this isn't it's it's this is me and my yeah, wife, and <laughs> we had to figure this thing out. Yeah, that becomes apparently, yeah, yeah very apparent. But, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, this week, man, we've been trying to get uh, Aoife on for a long time. Yeah, for, well, I think that she's never been interviewed before. Am I, I don't think she that? does it often. I don't know if she's ever done a podcast before. So Well, that's, that's good news for us, so... 
Um, but I've looked at, I've, I've like, I think the first thing I saw, we talked about it on the podcast, but the first thing I saw of hers was, um, was the James Vincent McMurrow, like trilogy, like the post-tropical album. Do you remember that at all? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. And I think that's probably what a lot of people will know her from just that. Yeah. Um, those three incredible pieces that kind of, and then she did the, um, the film for you two. Uh, I think it's every breaking wave. I think that's what it's called. She's just been on a tear for a little bit. Yeah. But um, that was her. That yeah, was her last um, music video, though. Yeah. What she's doing? She's currently doing a feature. Did you guys talk about that? Briefly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can hear more about it on the episode, but um, and unfortunately, Christian, you weren't able to join us. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about I was, that. I'm sorry. Just taking care um, of some things. Yeah, no, you got things going on. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was awesome. It was good to finally catch up with her. Um, and yeah, I don't know if she's ever done a podcast before, but she didn't sound like a novice. She did great. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to hear it. Let's uh, let's jump right into it so we can all gain some wisdom. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, Aoife. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you, Jared? I'm good. I'm good. Where are you right now? Northern Ireland. I'm Belfast. Belfast. Okay. And is that yeah. where you're from? Are you from Ireland? Yeah, I am. I'm from, I mean, I, I'm sort of half from here, but I grew up in a place called Oma um, in the okay. countryside in, in Northern Ireland. Yeah, but I'm from here. Yeah. Okay. So you, you grew up in Belfast? Uh, up no, in... I grew up in a place called Oma, which is okay. like central Northern Ireland. It's more rural. It's like a, it's okay. a small town in Northern Ireland. Yeah, but I live in Belfast you... now. Yeah. Okay. What did your uh, What did your parents do? What did they do? Oh, well, my mom, my dad, like they. Well, my mom's sort of refusing to retire, but she's supposed to retire. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and she. She kind of works in, like, she went back. She had all of us kids, like, there's five of us. And then she went and studied. After that, she went to university. Um, okay. And she has been, like, working, like, in the last 10 years or something in, like, marketing kind of job. Like, she went, she went back and did, like, a bunch of degrees, like, after she'd had us, which was pretty amazing. Yeah, um, yeah good for her. Yeah, she's really inspirational. And then my dad, he worked... As an accountant, not a job he like enjoyed much, but he's like uh, yeah. he also makes guitars. His main passion is That's carving guitars. Yeah. Ham, He makes musical instruments from scratch, so he's uh, wow. he's pretty creative in a shed in the garden. And that's his main passion. Yeah. So that's a big family, five kids. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Are you close with your with your siblings? I am. Yeah, I am really close. Yeah, we're we're really tight. We um. Growing up was quite hard because we were sort of all on top of each other in a small house, so uh, yeah. it was pretty noisy. But now um, I really appreciate it. Actually, like it's like you know you've got the we're all really different, but um, we are sort of like best mates. So I feel really thankful for that. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're uh, and they're in the creative field in some way. Um, some are, some aren't. Some are, some aren't. I mean, they're all pretty creative, I guess, in the musical side of it, but. Um, my sister, she's an art director, uh, so she's okay. pretty creative, um, has pursued that. Um, but, yeah, that's it, really. Like, my younger brother is a brilliant guitarist. 
like he's sort yeah. of really like he's you know he's he's pursuing that quite um well but but yeah, yeah. i mean not really though you know we're all different we're all kind of into different things you know so yeah. when did you start to uh like careen off of the uh the musical path that your family was on <laughs> into the film into the film realm pretty early actually i mean i have to say i always wanted to do this which is sort of I don't know how if that's unusual or not but I remember being about seven years old and watching films and saying I really want to do this to myself you know so I do have that yeah. like memory from I was always sort of obsessed with films like from a very young age so I mean uh, my mom said she used to take me to like children's parties and uh, I everyone would be out playing and I'd just be sitting watching the tv which is <laughs> a bit yeah. sad really <laughs> anyway <laughs> So it's there from an early age, I think. But, you know, I was around a lot of films. My parents were really into films, so I was lucky that way. Like, I, I got to see a lot of great films very young. Um, yeah. They're both real cinephiles, so that was sort of what, like, yeah. What were the type of things that you were watching when you were seven years old? I mean, seven, I don't know. I, you know, one of my earliest <laughs> memories is of watching Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Yeah. Eddie Davis and and, uh, yeah. and John Crawford and being like blown away by that I think I must have watched that with my mum and I just remember her eating that ice cream on the beach and like some of the imagery and the atmosphere in it and obviously their performances are like amazing you know yeah. Um, so yeah and that really I do have I don't remember watching that film noir my dad was really into all the 40s detective fiction films and books and yeah. sort of grew up with all of that, you know, like uh, just all, all, all kind of, and that kind of brought, got me more interested in people like Fritz Lang and, you know, it kind of takes yeah. you off and yep. you get into, and then my mum was really into good, like amazing 70s films. I remember she showed me Paris, Texas when I was pretty young mm-hmm. and she showed me like uh, Taxi Driver and just films that like stay with you really, yeah. 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 yeah, and then a lot of and then from there I kind of got into a lot of European cinema. Now I wouldn't say that my parents were, you know, showing those a lot. Some for sure, but not loads of like European cinema. But that was something I got really into as a teenager. I went to, I would go to up to Belfast on the bus or like go down to Dublin and see uh, as many like European films as I could. And you know, there's a, a great cinema in Dublin called the IFC that always showed. Uh, yeah. you know all kinds of great art house and documentaries and European cinema and, and world cinema so you know and, what was you know. what was um like angsty uh like high school Aoife, <laughs> like. <laughs> it makes me laugh um, I, yeah I don't know I was always sort of a bit of a goth I think at school if I think about yeah. it now like apparently <laughs> not like an extreme goth that was uh like I didn't paint my face white but I was always sort yeah. of you know I was always one of the kids that was wearing black and like listening to Joy Division and like you know all the kind of yeah I remember listening to Joy Division in my bedroom when I was 13 and thinking like this is you know I totally relate to this music and stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like you know the all those cliches but um but yeah I mean I was always into art and I was really into photography and yeah I was they were I, I mean it's weirdly I was also into maths and physics though but it was definitely the the art side that was that like was the stronger interest yeah that's sort of yeah. over yeah when yeah. was it always something that was like um really serious for you or did it turn from like something that was kind of a hobby into like I could do this for like my life my living yeah I think so I mean I think you never think 
especially like the school I went to, like, you know, not to slag them off or anything, but it was, I went to a convent in Northern Ireland. So you weren't really encouraged. You were encouraged to be academic. You weren't encouraged to be, you know, to pursue artistic pursuits as much. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, um, it didn't occur to me really that even though I always would wanted to make films, it didn't occur to me that that could really be a job. And, And it was never like encouraged as a job, you know, it was sort of, uh, frowned upon or looked upon as as only something that could ever be a hobby so um it wasn't like it took a while for me to actually realize you know to have I suppose in a way to have the confidence to realize that it could be a full-time job you know and then obviously it did become one quite early on in a way uh for me which uh, after university I I kind of got I went straight into making um you know films with my friends you know like uh, we, we started a little collective so I was kind of lucky but at the same time that collective was about experimenting and, and learning the craft really so yeah. you know we made a lot of like ridiculous things really but we learned <laughs> we, we learned we learned a lot and you know what I learned to be really technical and, and for that I'm really thankful because I think the technical side of the of uh, filmmaking if you can try and really learn that uh, you know as much as possible um it just gives you a lot more confidence in, in your in your craft. It gives you a confidence in it, of being a filmmaker, knowing that te- think- yeah, knowing as much technical aspects of, of filmmaking yeah. as you can, you know. But it, when it's your passion, it doesn't feel like a job, does it? So mm-hmm. it's not really. Anything. Yeah, is that the um, like kind of mathematic side of your brain working when you're able to think, yeah, to work in the technical? I realm? think so. I love like I love the problem solving aspect of making a, f- a f- short form or making a film or. I love thinking about camera choreography or love scheduling around lights and like just a lot of things actually yeah. are mathematical that people you know, think about um, from the outside. But I think like it's a real skill if you can, you know, bring that. Well, no, it's, it's just not a real skill necessarily. I just mean it's, it's, it's something to develop and you know, not yeah. to be afraid of, I guess, that side of it. Yeah. What was the first um, film that you made and what was that experience like? Uh, I mean, I suppose on my own, if I'm saying, because I was part of a collective when I first left university. Oh, it depends what you mean. Like, I did make some films at university. If maybe that's like, what, do you mean like in the, the first industry? Film that you were really, something that you're really proud of. Uh, yeah, it's probably that. Um, it's probably a music video for the uh, for a very, I know, quite a small band called Little Comets. It was called Isles. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say that's the. It was a real passion project. It was very low budget. It was a crew of three, I think we had. And I just, yeah. traveling around, basically, it was sort of like a photography project, really, but like moving photographs and traveled all around yeah. British Isles. Um, I got, you know, I, it was an opportunity to shoot some stuff in, in Belfast, you know, stuff that was quite meaningful to me. And then, you know, go to places like Blackpool, places sort of like forgotten places in, in, in the British Isles and, and sort of create... Uh, trying to create a, a video that had a bit of depth really you know that like uh had some yeah. meaning in it. and so yeah that was really rewarding and probably my first sort of uh video that I'm really proud of yeah yeah what kind of things like um you know I don't you have to like self-analyze yourself a ton but I'm, I'm curious like um from your perspective of like your work what kind of things do you see continue to kind of like creep up or at least like interest you like yeah. 
Um, you know, I know, I know that you just worked on your, on your first feature, yeah. which that's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm still, I'm still working on it. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever going to finish. This is, this, is a, this is another problem that uh, I think I'm sure a lot of filmmakers will relate to this, but you know, especially if you're used to short form and you, you, have, yeah. you are sort of, I think a lot of directors, or I think by your nature, you're probably quite obsessive. So you're obsessive about the details. You're trying to get every, you know, it's suppose you keep making films because you're striving for some kind of perfection that you never get to. Yeah. So if yeah. you think about that on a large scale, which is what a, a film <laughs> is, you literally drive yourself insane, which is what I'm doing right now. You know, like I'm pouring over every detail and I'm obsessing about every detail and uh, who knows when it will be finished. But, you know, at least, at least it's so low budget that I kind of don't have the luxury of having a studio breathing down yeah. my neck you know and in that way there's a liberty to that um but yeah it's it's certainly like uh the biggest uh like it's definitely the biggest challenge of it is you know your 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 you know your own psychology really you know yeah. <laughs> trying to like uh overcome all, all your own like the flaws you can see in your own work i think on a large scale that's what a feature film is really challenge <laughs> you know, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just like putting everything on display. Yeah, you know, you you are, but then you also have to think, geez, you know, it's only, you know, whatever. Just get you just get it out there, and you know. But I mean, it's it will be out. I think later in the year it'll be finished. But uh, it, when it's a low budget, you do have to work around a lot of different schedules with people, and you know. Yeah. So that's that's a major part of why it's not finished yet. But, but you know. well, I want to dig into that more here in just a second. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm curious about the process of getting that made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're starting out, uh, you just leave, where did you go to film school? Um, well, I, well, I, as soon as I left, when I finished school, I had the opportunity to go to film school and I was sort of pushed, I, I can't blame my school, but I was sort of told, you know, to go down the academic route more. So I sort of, okay. instead of going to film school, I actually went to Trinity in Dublin and I did a literature degree to begin with, which I don't regret now because it actually gave me, it, it was an opportunity to read like tons of incredible books, you know, study where yeah. Oscar Wilde and Samuel Beckett studied, you know, they were like heroes of mine. So it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad thing overall, but I do feel like if I'd had more confidence in the, of, you know, in just going straight into filmmaking, I would have gone straight to film school. So I didn't actually go to film school until after that. And then, okay. and I, you know, I kind of, I got a, like a scholarship to go to a film school in, in Bournemouth and it was sort of, it was a master's really. So it was an intense year. That wow. was my film school. And then, and then really like I, I just made, I made loads of films that year. I mean, I had got into it based on a reel that I'd made at Trinity. So I did make little films, you know, myself before I went to film school and I did an awful lot of photography um, which which I put a portfolio in of, which helped get in, I think. But um, but yeah. So I mean, it was an unusual, unusual enough route. It started more with writing, creative writing, and literature, and then coming in on that yeah. and, and photography, I guess, and then coming in from that angle into filmmaking. Yeah. When you were in film school, what was uh, what was like the ratio of like male to female? <laughs> well, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I think there was three of us. There was three girls in the class. Yeah. How, how men. And it was a very practical course. So that meant even more so that it was three women, which is unfortunate. It wasn't a yeah. huge class. I think it was about 20, but yeah, three of us were girls of 17 men, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah you know, there you go. I mean, the beauty of the course was that it was very, 
practical. It was a lot about cinematography and and what I, it was refreshing for me because I'd come from such a theoretical background that I just really wanted to get stuck yeah. into the mechanics of filmmaking and really learn that and really learn about lighting and and it was brilliant for that because you got thrown in the deep end. You had to learn yeah. each role and you had to perform it on other people's films. So if you didn't if you didn't learn lighting well or cinematography well or editing well, you were going to fuck up their films essentially. So. Yeah. It was, it was good on that level. It kind of forced you into doing a good job, forced you into learning. Um, yeah, but no, it, it, was a, it was a shame for me. It's always a shame for me when I see how few filmmakers there are that are women. And, uh, yeah. and it's always amazing when you... It's always exciting to find new female filmmakers, you know, that you admire. Yeah. So, and there are many of them coming up, but not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so we need to see more yeah like we just need to see a diversity of voices generally you know we need to see people from all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of ethnicities and all kinds you know gender you know it just that's yeah. what makes great work is different points of view you yes. know points of view that you don't get to hear every day you know and we need more we need more of that in filmmaking it's a problem can i can i ask you like you know, being that age, walking into this class for the first time, what is it, what does it, we don't talk about this whole time, but like, what does it feel like to be, uh, you know, one of three yeah. in a class of 20? You know, what does that feel I like? I mean, it's, it's a funny thing for me because like I, because I've grown up with possibly not as daunting as it would be. I mean, it's, it's saddening because you want more women to be, you know, and obviously it's, great to work with as many women as possible when you're making films I think or you know just on a personal yeah. level I, I think but um I mean I think I, I don't I didn't feel intimidated by men I mean that's one thing that maybe I'm lucky about I've grown up in a family yeah. full of like macho <laughs> boys you know so like I always had to even you know I always had to fight my way through to be heard so you know I've got three brothers and and you know my mum my mum's family there's like 11 kids they're all like loads of blokes in that family so like you kind of <laughs> yeah. grow up in Northern Ireland I suppose you you grow up and where I'm from you kind of have to be tough enough to get through you know and I think I, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm a quiet person but I would say I'm pretty tough down underneath you know and that sort of yeah I don't let like it, you know, if someone if someone's telling me I can't do something, that just makes me want to do it more. So <laughs> I always had that in me, which was like I wanted to. I felt I was always very competitive with the boys in a way. So yeah. um, I think it always it brings out the it brings out that side of my character in a way. I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're at film school and you do that, you're in a one year course, like a one year yeah, master's course. One there. year, yeah, okay. full year. So that sounds intense. It was, it really was, yeah, because uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a course where you had was any social life of any kind. We were literally working twenty four seven every day for a year because we had like quite a few films to deliver, and it was documentary yeah. and fiction, so you had to like okay. do both sides. And yeah, it was intense, but I mean, and I learned an awful lot, I would say. But I also think you know, at the end of the day, you learn on the job, you know. And I'd say to people that film school is great and all but it's not really going to teach you any more than what you can teach yourself making films I think yeah. it's about getting out there and making them you learn so much on the jobs you do yourself with people in the industry you learn so much I know the theory you can read in books I mean I'm a big believer in that like I was I was never particularly good at listening in class I would wait I was always daydreaming so yeah. for me yeah. the only things I would learn would be the things I'd go home and learn that night or read that night myself so yeah. You know, it, it, it's definitely it's definitely not uh, essential to go to film school to make films. I believe. 
yeah, I do believe yeah. that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, okay, and so you uh, you did that, and then uh, what was next for you? Um, out there, I kind of I was lucky in the sense that I met. The, the, what was good about that course in Bournemouth was that it was very much a media school, and around you were a lot of guys doing like animation and effects and CG, and it's actually a really great place for three um, D animation. And yeah. and I met a couple of guys that. I got on really well with them. We sort of teamed up and did a little collective and we kind of went straight into videos in a strange way. We made a video for Block Party. Like it was an it was a weird <laughs> manga video that kind of took off, which is such an unusual route, really, the route I've had into this. But um we were a bit too young. You know, we were very young. We didn't really have a clue what we were doing, but we did uh, start to like get given money to make music videos for people so <laughs> and they were very post heavy videos so I kind of came in through yeah. that angle really professionally more through the post side so and then I was sort of gradually doing more film like going back to the roots of what I was most interested in which was filmmaking like in a pure sense yeah. but but yeah I mean I really come came, came into it through doing um you know, integrating live, integrating CG into live action in a way, you know? So yeah, it's quite, yeah. it's quite a, a strange one. So yeah, that was, um, we, we, we formed a little collective and yeah, we did pretty well, really. I mean, we were kind of scamming it in a way, but we were, we weren't really, we were, we knew what we were doing. We were very technical, but we were, we hadn't really like, and again, as a collective, I don't know how easy it is to find a collective voice. I think, it's a you have to yeah. be very lucky if you all have exactly the same taste and everything so yeah. you know it's a tricky one sometimes that happens you know there are some brilliant collectives out there but um it, we, it got to a point where we were doing amazing ad jobs and stuff and we were getting big budgets but we all did want to do slightly different things so we kind of went our own way really um yeah what were you what, what kind of like uh, muscles were you flexing at that? Was that like, were you directing a lot yeah, of that stuff well, or editing? Yeah, or? no, I was about both. I was doing a lot of editing as well. I was directing, editing, writing, treatments. You know, I was always into the writing side of it yeah. too. Um, you know, the cinematography side of it. Yeah, so I was sort of more on those levels. I did a, bit, I did a lot of editing. I did some compositing. But, um, you know, just like mostly I was doing the like mostly, uh, yeah, the film side, the, the writing film yeah. and editing side. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay. but yeah. And then I just want, I just wanted to, I suppose I just want, I just had all these different ideas. I wanted to meet myself in a way, you know, and, and I think the, the guys did too. So yeah, we all, we all went and that, that was when I did that little comments video. So yeah. Yeah, and so how did that how did that change things when you did that video? Um, it got, well, it got a lot of attention. I, well, you know, it was sort of out of nowhere. It wasn't very, it wasn't for a very, you know, I hope the, I'm sure they won't mind me saying, you know, they weren't very big band or anything, but they, um, yeah. but it got Vimeo were the ones that actually picked it up and really liked it. And from there, then I think it won an award. It won like best music video at Rushes and it got nominated for music video award at the MVAs and sort of then made me think, oh, you know, maybe I should just give this a go on my own, you know, and I, yeah, I did then from there really. Yeah. And what was next? Ah, I'm trying to remember what was next after that. Uh, gosh, it's not that long ago, but I don't have the best memory, if I'm honest. I wish I, wish I did. I have a memory for like really random things, but for my own life, my memory's quite sketchy. I'm not quite sure why that is, but um, I'm trying to think what was after. It was, uh, I think it might have been a video for Anna Calvi. I think I did, which was a very like visual kind of piece. It was uh, sort of quite 
I don't know how you describe very rich, vibrant colors, and it was a performance video. Which is this the desire video? Yes, yes, pretty sure yeah. that one came shortly after that. Yeah, it did, and then I went, I went on to do. Yeah, I think that one was next. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like she's she's a really talented artist. Uh, I would say I'm not madly keen on doing performance videos. It's not really my interest. Yeah. I'm not, but. It was a nice opportunity to do, you know, to, to create very visual vignettes and, and, you know, and, 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 and yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Do you feel yourself drawn, like as it pertains to music videos, to kind of more of like a narrative structure? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in fact, I only do that. I don't, I only engage in jobs where I can do that now. And I have done for a long time. I just. Personally, yeah. I like, I, <laughs> I find myself <laughs> always like. I said this is not like a blanket statement, but like hating uh, <laughs> like narrative music videos. But you would definitely be the except. Like I, I, I don't oh, see really? anybody do it like you do it. <laughs> oh. And I'm not just saying that because you're on here. <laughs> no, you this is, that's are. the reason you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, yeah. No, but for real, I mean it. Like um, I think the first thing that I saw of yours, Efo, was <clears throat> excuse me, was the uh, the James Vincent McMurray oh, like yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Um, what was what was the conversation with James like to kind of get him on board for something like that? Well, it, it was this, he wrote to me. In fact, you know, he actually wrote to me because he loved the John Hopkins video I'd done for Okay Open Eyes. Yeah. He wrote me a really beautiful email. Actually, it was really touching. And and uh, at the time, I didn't I have to be honest. I didn't know his work, but I uh, then I listened to him, and he has this amazing voice and. Yeah. And uh, that track, Cavalier, especially, I really loved that track. So I think just because it had so much, there's a lovely sort of abstract poetry to the lyrics, but also it had, um, you know, it just moved you. His voice is, he's, he's, he's got an unusually powerful voice. So, yeah, yeah. so I, I just, he said to me he just wanted me to write ideas and I did and I had this idea of trying to do like a trilogy through the three he wanted me to make you know all the track videos and uh, I I just I don't know why but I just I always thought oh, it wouldn't it be cool to make like three videos that interlocked with one another in some way like that yeah. that expanded that narrative uh in a you know in a greater sense over three tracks so um so that's yeah. So I, I I kind of find writing the Cavalier track, the video for that pretty quickly. Uh, I love the idea of going against the sort of romance of it, you know, and making it more about like yeah. in a way it was sort of like the heartbreak of you know a sort of an anti-romance video in a way. But but yeah, the whole yeah. series was actually about heartbreak of a family, I guess. So mm. so yeah, I, I I it was, and it was very low budget, but it was really. Um, yeah, really beautiful experience actually because we had a very small crew, we were like a little family. We went over to America and just made them all very quickly. Made the three in in three days. We had uh, yeah, no way. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people don't realize how how <laughs> little time because when you've no money, you have to do it that way. Yeah, so, yeah. So the three videos were shot at once over three days. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a productive three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's mathematics coming back into it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you find yourself like producing a lot I think, for yourself? Um 
no, I mean, I can't take the credit for the producing of my jobs, but I think I do write in a way that's almost producing it. Yeah, in the sense of yeah. one thing you learn the more you write treatments is, you know, you you have to think about the eco- economics of how you're going to make it. You know, a lot of the time your job, you have to think within your restrictions and in a way that's your job. In some ways you can, that can actually make your job more creative in a weird sense, the restrictions you yeah. have. But, um, but certainly it is sort of almost essential to win a job now to be really realistic about, you know, mm. how much money you have, how much time you have, and you have to write the idea to fit within that confine. So, yeah. Okay, I want to talk about these these three days. How did you kind of like prep your team to like knock this stuff out? Um, we well, we luckily we had done John Hopkins together, the exact same team in America. Okay. Um, so I knew that oh, I got really lucky with the crew. I mean, they're a brilliant crew, like all really talented and really passionate. And because we just got on so well, it was just fun as well, which is a huge thing that can sometimes be missing you know when there's a lot of stress on jobs like you just yeah it was just enjoyable and and there was just uh, a great atmosphere amongst us so that really helped and uh yeah we just sort of broke and you know brian welsh uh who's a producer in america he's really he's fantastic at working you know making i don't know how he does it make these tiny budgets work um but like he's <laughs> you know he's got brilliant skills at like getting people involved and and so on and, and we yeah we just broke it was broken down into a schedule that we, we could um achieve over three days i mean it was september 2013 i think that we did it try to remember mm. now yeah and it was boiling hot uh and we just went to one <laughs> yeah, town you know and we shot it in one town which was uh maricopa taft around that area on the on in in california like i just i just wanted to shoot it in a really small kind of middle american town which i personally have like a a lot of love for you know maybe because i'm not from america but i find there's such a beauty and in those kind of places and like i was always a massive fan of uh like you know uh william faulkner and flannery o'connor and yeah. All those kind yeah. of writers from like, so I just had always had this sort of romantic idea of America seen through that lens, I guess, you know, so yeah, that's a lot of what, where the inspiration came from it really, those kind of novelists, I suppose. Yeah. What was the, um, what was the hardest part of, of getting that, that trilogy done? Um, just the budget, you know, just like having to, you know, having to really, uh, I'm trying to think now, I mean, finding the right actors too. I mean, I, it's that thing where I'm, you're always looking for non-actors who are brilliant actors, I guess. You're looking for real people who, I'm always looking for people yes. who don't feel like they're acting, but they just are natural actors, you know. So there's that. And, you know, uh, so there was a search we did for that in LA because, you know, you have the restriction as well of not being able to go too far to cast because of your budget. And, yeah. But you, again, yeah. you don't want to be going down the roads of, commercial casting because that kind of restricts you from seeing people who you know you're really going to believe in as a character yeah. so yeah I mean that the casting was quite tricky finding the right people but we definitely we got there in the end and um I'm trying to think what else was tricky about it like obviously you stayed in a town but I don't know I mean I feel like I go around and I'm quite a visual person so I just sort of see it in my head away and then I just the tough, trickiest part is probably getting it to be exactly like it is in your head, but um, at least you have that overall vision to come with and you can work towards that, I guess. So, 
Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Tell me about Steve Annis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did you guys first meet? Um, probably it was on the Anna Calvi video. Anna Calvi video. Yeah, we did that. We, well, he did half of it. Uh, I think there was one day, I think it was a two day shoot, but then I had to do exteriors too, but I think he wasn't free for the exteriors. So I had to do exteriors with someone else, but okay. because that was, you know, it was already, we already knew that it was the case uh, from the outset. Um, but he did the interior stuff with Anna. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you booked him for that job? I did. Yeah. Then... I'd seen something he shot and thought it was really beautiful. I mean, he's got quite similar taste. Like he loves to shoot everything moody, as you know, but, and I love yeah. everything to be moody. So we have that in common. <laughs> I guess we, we like moody looking pieces. So yeah. Like for moody lighting, like not being able to see people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, we we did that, and then we did yeah, we've done quite a few jobs over the years together. Yeah. What is other than Steve being moody? What? Is, <laughs> oh, moody. He's not moody. Um, <laughs> but the, his interest in moodiness. Um, I guess we do have similar tastes in certain things. You know, not everything because I don't think anyone does, but we certainly yeah. uh both like probably as passionate and as, as obsessive as each other about making films. Um, so you get, you buzz off people like that, don't you? You kind of, yeah. yeah. What is, uh, what's kind of like um, the dynamic between you two on set? What's the vibe? I mean, it varies. Uh, I mean, it's, sometimes I think it's a bit brother and sister now because we've worked together so much. So <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I kind of see where I want things very clearly visually and then obviously he's got very visual mind too so we do have to sort of talk away into certain parts of see I mean and I do it depends on the job like I like to storyboard everything very um intensively but that doesn't mean yeah. I'm not going to listen to a new concept or a new angle and if I like it go with it you know so you have to stay like open that way yeah okay so you did the uh I guess before you did that you did um your short, right? Maybe even both of those shorts. You did Italy, Texas. Yeah, yeah. And Beyond the Fervent Heat. Yeah. Which, I, from what I remember, uh, those were both kind of like middle America Yeah, I had a bit of an too, obsession right? with middle America that was, and they were all kind of shot around the same time, like within this couple, same, like a couple of months, I think. Four or five yeah. months, four or five months, all of that work was done in that same spell, yeah. And what was that stuff kind of generating, uh, like career-wise for you? I mean, I'd have to say, like, I, what I seem to get from work, it's interesting, is, like, a lot of people contacting me, a lot of directors, and a critical, kind of, great critical reception, which was really, um, yeah. you know, lovely, but, but not so many, not so many jobs at the time, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> not so many people banging down the door wanting to work with me, so, yeah, it took a long time before that happened, um, I'd say, you know, I, I got, I felt like a lot of people were contacting me, telling me how much they loved it, but I wasn't getting any like commercial work or I wasn't really getting any paid work to be frank. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a lot of that work. I was just skint. I was skint for such a long time. You know, yeah. I, I, that's the reality of it. So yeah, it does take a long time for people to get on board with your work or maybe to see that you have your own style like it takes a lot of proving you know I find um I felt like I was yeah. always proving myself and you always are in a way you're only as good as your last job I think so but essentially I would say I didn't start to actually get any paid work until I, until after I did that YouTube video and that's, wow. that's the truth yeah 
<laughs> how frustrating is that for you? Um, it, I was so close to giving up. I'm not going to, I'm definitely, I was incredibly close to giving up because especially when you put your heart and soul into certain things and you, you really, you do believe in them deep down, but then obviously you start to question it because you think, well, why am I not getting paid work? You know, um, but I think at the very last minute, uh, it was actually like Jefferson Hack who decided it was his idea to make that, uh, to get me to do that YouTube phone. Um, yeah. So in a way, I have him to thank for the fact that I didn't stop, I didn't give up filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. After the break, we talk more with Aoife about working with U2 and directing her first feature film. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This musical break is brought to you by our friends at Musicbed. need a composer to get a world-class soundtrack for your project. Through Musicbed's custom scores, you can work directly with a composer to have them create a soundtrack for your project. Just use the submission form at musicbed.com to send details about exactly what you need to get the conversation started. You can find the link to that in our description for the show. If there's a song that's already close, you can request stem tracks of certain songs to make edits to the track as well. And don't forget to enter promo code GOOD at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase at musicbed.com. For more than a decade, Kessler Crane has been designing and manufacturing innovative tools for filmmakers, including camera cranes, jibs, motion control systems, sliders, dollies, tripods, and other camera accessories. They also have a commitment to making products in the USA. For more info, go to KesslerCrane.com slash good. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E dot com slash good. Also enter the code GOODPODCAST during checkout. Save 10% off your entire order. Now, let's get back to the show. What, what was going through your head um, like at the time, like before that YouTube video came along? Um, yeah, kind of explain like where you were a little bit like mentally. Well, I mean... I, I, you know, make it, the thing is, it's a complicated thing because you, when you, when it is your passion, making films and watching films and, you know, when all you want to do is make films, you know, you, you, you just love doing it and you don't really care about the fact that you've got no money or whatever, because you kind of get such yeah. a buzz out of that. But, but then you do get to a point where you think, well, actually I am going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to kind of have to make some money. You know, not to say I was destitute or anything, but I had, I made some money from being in that collective because we did a lot of post work and there, and it's, yeah. it's quite a, you know, as, as everyone probably knows, it's quite a good realm for making money. You know, you can, you yeah. can make money in that world. But so I did have savings, but they were, you know, really depleting. Um, and so at that point I was, yeah, I was very close to giving up. I remember talking to my mom on the phone and being like, oh, I'm just so tired of this now. You know, I just really need to to get some uh, get some good paid work coming in. And, and yeah, then, you know, then, then stuff started to change. Actually, all really rapidly, everything changed around. Mm. You know, from, from that to a lot of work coming in. And it's been like that since, really. 
Yeah. What was what was making you um, frustrated? The fact that you felt like you were doing really good work and yeah, nobody was noticing. Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, not to say I'm, I never I never look at my own work and think that's really good work. I'm, I actually always look at my work and see the flaws. But if I'm really honest, you know. But at the yeah. same time, I still I am proud. I mean, I feel like I knew I was working incredibly hard, and like you know, and I'm you know I, I was proud of those pieces, and I, I'm. I suppose because you were getting so many people telling you that they liked the pieces, then you were just sort of like, yeah. why is that not translating into, but I think it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very, it's a very strange thing. I think a lot of the time it's, it's, uh, you, the work you do has to be seen by an awful lot of people for you to, yeah. for it to translate into commercial work. And I think that's literally it, you know? I think I think <laughs> yeah. people weren't really seeing the work. Really, I think there were like you know a niche crowd of people that were seeing the work, but but really it wasn't really getting seen by many people. And I think that's what it comes down to, a lot. And and you two kind of like working with yeah. you two kind of changed. Well, just because they're yeah. you know obviously they're very famous, you know. And it, you know, it's not like it was. A, I was actually quite reticent about doing it because I didn't know whether I could. Yeah, there's, it's tricky to come up with ideas for songs that, that are not like necessarily, you know, the ones that you'd always listen to or, you know, but like yeah. I a huge, I do have a huge amount of respect for them as a band. Like they're amazing. Like they're sort of legends. Um, yeah. And it was a great opportunity on that level. But at the same time, you know, you're given these tracks and they're actually, they're so overpowering, you know, it's quite difficult to, to marry yeah. the, to marry those kind of tracks with visuals because they're so big, you know, like that you uh, it's a it's always yeah it's a different process each time, but you know it was a really rewarding process to be able to make something you know that had a really good budget and to be able to you know but we had no time as well we literally had two weeks to put that whole thing together it was insane and it was Christmas so like. Jeez. It was a, it was pretty a pretty crazy one that one that YouTube film. It all kind of happened very last minute. Yeah. Okay, I want to get right back to that to that moment because I think that's really interesting. But I have to ask you <laughs> about about this uh, Wilkinson uh, half light oh, video. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and because I remember reading the most ridiculous article. <laughs> oh right, yeah. I find some loads of trouble. Yeah, I always get into trouble okay. actually. I think. I'm quite- <laughs> I'm quite good at getting into trouble. I don't know how, but I seem to walk into a lot of trouble a lot on jobs. I've been thinking about that recently and laughing about it. I think I kind of am attracted to trouble possibly just like, yeah. but like deep down without realizing it, it's sort of subconscious. So yeah. Well, what did <laughs> you read? Drunk, what drunk did you it. read? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll do, I'll tell you what I remember reading and you tell me what okay. actually happened. Okay. That, um, I think, gosh, like you had, or you or a producer had had convinced, like a, uh, I don't know, it was like Catholic church or something that you were gonna shoot like in their uh, <laughs> their sanctuary, and then uh, they ended up seeing the video and like freaked out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what exactly did you film in the sanctuary? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it doesn't i think they wrote that we filmed i think they said that we filmed people having sex on the altar which um we did not film that it just got blown out of proportion we had like people sitting on the altar and i think they were making out a little bit yeah they were i'm trying to remember now yeah they were making out but i don't know if i ever saw the no, that version it was, it was, actually it was up on vimeo for like um about 
it was a staff picked and on Vimeo for a month and actually that was sort of the worst well it was brilliant obviously it's always really nice when they staff pick your work but what yeah. meant is that it went out to way too many people so then that's when <laughs> like, oh, yeah, so loads of people saw it and then suddenly I was getting well we were all getting uh, letters from the Catholic Church quite threatening scary ones in fact uh, like the Catholic yeah, Church yeah 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 it went quite big and they wrote to Vimeo too so that was great. Wow. So I got into a bit of trouble. So I had to, so, I had to take that. Yeah, what was that down. like for you? I, find, if I'm honest, I find it quite funny, really. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I, I shouldn't because obviously, no, but I didn't mean it to be disrespectful. It was just, yeah. it was a video about young people, you know, on a night out, having all the freedom in the world in this very short moment, really, you know, and it was sort of, especially yeah. in Belfast, there's, you know, Belfast has got such a heavy history that, you know, mm-hmm. for me, that was, I like the idea that I think people do that here in a, in a special kind of way. They go out and they just like forget everything. Like, and, and so it was about that really. And it wasn't about anything. It wasn't meant to be offensive. And I really honestly regret if it was offensive, but uh, it was more about them going to a beautiful place and, you know, uh, just sort of having fun together and not being intimidated by this place because yeah. in, in, growing up in, from a Catholic background, I guess, it's always seen as this very intimidating place, which I think is a shame if it's meant to be something spiritual. It shouldn't be intimidating. But so anyway, it was it was not meant to cause offence, but it certainly did. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so like when you're, when you're developing a treatment for like a music video or or whatever, and you're, you've got like a narrative that you really want to communicate. I guess, you know, I, I don't know how to do it. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, like how deep are you wanting to, to like really express like the themes and ideas that are in your, in your brain? Cause you know, like it's a music video, it's not a narrative film. Yeah. So what's like the threshold for you of like, I want, I want the audience to like, um, take in this much of the story, but also like I have to like withhold as well because it's not like a, yeah you know, like a, a normal narrative. Like how, how are you balancing that? I mean, I think in a way I balance it with the lyrics. I think, I think about the lyrics a lot. I don't know if everyone tunes into lyrics and songs, but I always see yeah. them as almost being like a voiceover to the imagery, you know, and therefore they're telling the extra parts of the story. And all you're doing with the visuals is filling in as many gaps as you can without it feeling too literal or without it feeling too, you know, over... It's a funny one. Like, I, I, I suppose all I was ever thinking about with music videos was I really want to make films and this is a way I can make films. So it was sort of... Yeah. I don't know if I was coming at it with as much... Uh, I think it's just you can only approach it in an instinctive way and, and, and you try to yeah. use to balance yeah. the music the voiceover and the visuals in a way that will just tell, you know, to collectively together make something that works um, at the end. But I mean, I, I think it's just the way I think, like I think in stories, man, and I, I just probably would, other people can think in different ways, you know, uh, differently that I wish I could think that way, <laughs> but that's sort of the way my brain works sometimes. <laughs> like, I actually think I'd love to do more videos that weren't narrative. I mean, if I was going to come back and do music videos, I would probably try to do something that wasn't so narrative because I do think it's true that even like looking back in hindsight, I think the music videos are a great place just to be really visually experimental. And, and I've sort of been doing yeah. that more through the commercial work now, you know, cause you just, 
you grow up really through it, don't you? You're learning all the time and each job you learn something else. And if I was doing a music video now, I'd probably come at it quite differently, I think. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, you, I mean, I guess what was the last music, was that the last music video that you did? It was, yeah. I mean, I really want to do another one. It just, uh, well, I suppose I've got to get the film done first, get that out of the way. But um, <laughs> yeah. if, if that ever, no, I'm sure it'll be done at some point. But uh but yeah, I'd love to do another music video. I have been looking at listening to some tracks that have come in and so on, and uh, some great ones actually. But then it's just schedule-wise, it hasn't worked. So I, I'd like to try and do another music video later in the year. Yeah. So so you two, the every breaking wave comes out, and how did how did things start to change for you? Just a lot more. Just commercial work started to come in. That was the fundamental difference. Yeah suddenly commercial work started coming for me were you signed at that point yeah yeah i was i was with some such yeah okay yeah uh, they signed me af- around the time after i did uh italy texas or okay yeah, around that time and so that whole time you were with you're with them and and um how many years was that before you um, were really like working I've, consistently i've been with them now for like two and a half years i think two okay. and a half years yeah i've been with some such or maybe nearly three now gosh around two and a half or three how have you seen like uh you as a director like start to change uh, i guess like transitioning from music videos to more commercials i don't think you change it's more just like you work it's how you work within the system you it's it's more like you stay you have to just try and stay true to your vision all the time i think that's it's different ways of staying true to your vision and then the the, the bigger the budget is sometimes the more people are involved and therefore the harder as in you know, not in terms of your crew, because you crew, you and your crew are like a family, really, and you're all working towards yeah. the same goal. But when it comes to obviously, sometimes if the money's, you know, come from a client or an agency, or then you've got other voices, and and it's sort of like navigating that those waters to try and stay true to your vision, and try to let other, convince other people that that the vision's going to work, and and there's a, that there's an art to that really, and that's what ads are about. I think it's like, you know, trying to convince people to to take on board this particular direction you know that you think is going to work and and that sometimes is the struggle of ads you know because a lot of time you'll have different uh motivations behind what they want the ad to be and you're you know you're always coming at it as a director you want it to somehow be art even though it's a commercial so you you know you're like really you're trying to sell a product (laughs) so you're sort of deluded and you believe that you're trying to you know so it's a funny thing but I mean I think it's just trying to enjoy the job really I don't do jobs I'm not motivated by the money side of ads or I only ever try and do the work that I think I'd love you know I could make something that I'll be proud of or that'll be special or that you know the me and the crew can be proud of and that's sort of what the the goal always is really yeah so yeah I look for concepts that are I try to only get involved in in a concept that I think's got potential or a script yeah, that's yeah. you know already good, and I don't. I just avoid anything that I think. I just. I couldn't do a job for money. Basically, I'd rather just be poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used. To, I was used. To, I mean, luckily, I've been used to being poor for a long time, so it's not like. It's not like because you know it's not the worst. You know it's not the worst thing. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, and then let's. I want to hear about your feature. So you, you decide. You know, uh, seven-year-old Aoife 
your dream's going to come true and you get to make a movie. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a bit surreal. It all happened a bit fast in a way. I mean, because I, I actually got given the film a couple of years ago, the Irish Film Board. I wrote like, I didn't even, I wrote part of a script and they were kind enough to believe in it and uh, put the huh. funding up. But then it, actually getting around to making it was, because as soon as I got given it, like around the time, I think actually just before I did that Wilkinson video. Um, mm-hmm. So then suddenly, you know, not that long after, I started to actually finally get some commercials in, you know, which I'd really wanted to, um, you know, at some such. And they're brilliant at getting you, you know, and that's one thing I have to say about some such as well. Like they're fantastically supportive company and they really do try and get their directors, you know, to they let they let their directors pursue really interesting, cool work and they're you know, they're very much about the creative, yeah. which is lovely in a in a production company. So so yeah, they then they, they they you know, they can they put your work in front of great people too, which is like what you want from your company, you know. Um yeah. so, you know, it was a it was a good uh, window for for the work to get seen more, I think. But um but sorry, yeah, you were asking me about the feature and how that happened yeah, so I, I did I did the script, but I hadn't finished the script, and then I didn't get back to finishing the script until a couple of years later, and then I did, uh, yeah, finished it there in, in the last year and just went and made it, and, you know, it was all kind of very intense, you know, and, and very low budget, so the lower the budget, the harder the work, you know? <laughs> you know, the more, <laughs> How many the more days? of yourself. How many days were you guys shooting? 25 shoot days, short shoot days, not long ones, so it's quite intense and difficult I'm not gonna lie I mean uh it's because you you know you just have you just the, the left you know the, the budget was smaller than most ads I've done so yeah. you, you know you, <laughs> yeah. you have you have to be super economical you have to be you have to really sort of you know mathematically schedule and and you know obviously things go wrong and then you have to reschedule and you know it was it was intense yeah so does it exercise like a different, I would assume it does, but, um, you have to stay, like, I think, yeah, I mean, it, you're juggling a lot of things at once. I mean, and obviously you're, I was very, um, obviously the, the, a film, a films rely on that on more than anything, the performances being good. I think the actors being good to me and you're very conscious if you're, you're a director that's come from a visual background, you know, you're always going to in a way that's the easy part is to make it look beautiful that's something you've practiced right. over and over again for years that's something that you you know that comes more naturally you know that it's then you're, you're conscious that you don't you know you, you it has to succeed in other ways for it to be a film that everyone's gonna like whether it's so, not everyone's gonna like but some people are gonna like you know so uh so yeah, yeah I, I spent a lot of time rehearsing with the actors and I was really conscious of trying to get the the acting to be as high level as possible because um it's all about the actors at the end of the day the film you know when you're sitting down now like looking at the footage um are you happy yeah i am i am i mean i'm proud of what we've achieved on such a such limited resources i am happy i mean obviously if i'd had more money this things i would have been able to do better and so on but i i am um, yeah i am proud of it yeah it's yeah <laughs> getting there it just is so many jigsaw pieces to fit together you know the, the thing that to be honest right now is the soundtrack which is in a good reference mode i have to yeah. get an original score done so i'm working on that part now but um but yeah it's just i think when you when you don't have a lot of money you can't just do the whole thing in one go you kind of have to take sections where you can and do yeah. another section here make a bit more money 
do a section here, you know, because obviously, like, and, and, you know, I've been lucky enough to have amazing help from, you know, brilliant people in London, like the editor I work with, Dan, he's fantastic, giving up a lot of his time to edit. And then MPC have been brilliant with their time. They've been doing posts for me and, you know, like, but you have to then, given the nature of it, you have to work around people's schedules a bit more because everyone's sort of giving their time for free, really, you know? Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exciting. It is Happy exciting. No, I mean, it's been a huge learning curve. I would say that. I wasn't, it is a massive leap from short to feature, but not in, not necessarily in a creative sense, just in the sense of just the intensity of it and, and just how much hard, more exhausting it is. So I wouldn't say it's something that people out there should be afraid of doing. It's just, you have to, don't think you're quite prepared for how intense an experience it is, but then... I don't think I was quite prepared for how intense it would be, but it's, you know, it's massively rewarding. Just the amount you learn is amazing, really. You learn yeah. so much, yeah. Um, okay, give us, give us like, one big, like, takeaway from, uh, yeah, like, working on this project. Like, what's, like, the one biggest lesson that you've kind of, that you've Ooh, learned? I don't know. Being calm is essential. <laughs> that sounds mm. a basic yeah. thing. Um, be Trying to do something that you really personally Try and invest yourself, invest your, you know, be personal in your work, I think. I think if you do mm. that with a feature film, it'll, you have to be fearless in a way. You have to try and like put your, you kind of, if you expose yourself in your work, I think people do find that interesting. You know, you know I think a lot of time people are afraid to be intimate in their work. And I think if you yeah. are, you'll, you'll actually people will be more engaged. I think so anyway. And it's a hard, I suppose it's just trying to be fearless, isn't it? Trying to be daring, fearless, personal. I'd say, you know, big scale of film is that again, isn't it? It's sort of in any work yeah. you do, but on a, on a bigger scale. And that's all really. And also just, you know, keeping your sight, keeping yourself calm. I mean, you feel like you're going to throw yourself out a window so many times on a feature. <laughs> I did, I just had an overriding feeling. I was like, I, if I, I was like, am I actually going to get through this? And a lot of time I was just thinking, how am I going to survive this? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Bec- yeah. you know, cause you're just bombarded with every, from every angle with problems on a feature, really. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So a lot of it's just keeping calm and, and trying to enjoy it no matter what and trying not to you also you you try to control everything on the piece of work you do and I suppose that's just a part of what people do when they make work what directors and creative people do they you know you try to put your vision out there and therefore you have to control a lot of things to make that work but really what the the best lesson you can learn is not to be afraid of losing control a bit really because you know sometimes yeah. brilliant things can happen that way too. Yeah. Uh, any any parting advice for like younger filmmakers who are, you know, kind of looking to like where you are, and and maybe advice for to get started or or just whatever. yeah, just don't. I think just believe in yourself. You know, it's, it's do your best to just not listen to ignore people who don't believe in you. Just believe in yourself and mm. work really hard. Try to be like try to know everything about the craft as much as you possibly can and you know try to work with people that you really like as people and respect as well that makes everything a lot easier um 
like in terms of crew, <laughs> um, you know, because obviously it's always better to work with people you really enjoy being around. Um, and I think, yeah, I think fundamentally, don't be try not to be afraid. Just be try to be bold in your ideas, and 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 I think try to be personal in your ideas. I think people are too distant sometimes with their work. They're like, I think you kind of have to embrace it fully and expose yourself a lot if you want to touch people. You know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Aoife, thank, you, thank you so much for uh, for hopping on. Um, I know you've got places to go, films to make. So thanks well, for taking the time. Uh, thanks very much for having me. <laughs> this episode of Good was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to call him, Christian Number Two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs, and you can check out more of his music at CubbySounds.com. Also, this season of Good is produced by our new friend, Mary Taylor, who'd also like to say something. It's been fun, but I'm going to produce for the Super Secret Podcast now. To find out more info about today's episode, make sure to go to GoodThePodcast.com. Mm-hmm.